Welcome to the podcast of Outpost Church in McLaren Vale. This week, we are hosting a discipleship training week, and our focus is the spiritual disciplines. And this is our second year of running the Discipleship Training Week, and we are pumped. It's our first year of offering the content from the DTW uh, on our podcast, and we hope that it's encouraging for you. We hope that it helps to equip you uh, to live a life of intimacy with Jesus Christ. Um, yep, so my name's Lockie. Um, I am an electrical engineer. I work at SA Power Networks um, and I've been working there full time for one year. So clearly I'm an expert on this. <laughs> um, so here we go. Uh, so yeah, I'm just going to be sharing kind of my journey, um, what I've noticed. Um, I have been working there since 2018, um, kind of part time as well. So um, yeah, just some of the things that I've noticed, some patterns I've seen that God's been doing um, and yeah, where I'm at with um, sharing God's love to my colleagues at the moment. Um, yeah, so a little bit of context behind it all. Um, yeah, engineers are typically very, very quiet, reserved people. They're very logical, logically minded people. They love laws. They love things that make sense. Um, but yeah, typically they're not the most social people. So I found uni very, very hard. Um, I'm someone who loves to meet new people, talk to them, hang out with them and um, yeah, really like get around things whereas they're sort of like would prefer to go back and play video games by themselves in their spare time and things like that, which was, which was very challenging. Um, I kind of underestimated the impact that that would have on my uni studies. Um, yeah, so I'm very grateful for my own like bunch of mates and like church and family and things like that who were there kind of as my release during uni times. Um, but yeah, so that was quite a difficult period. I found it really hard to build connection um, with my uh, uni mates. And, you know, a lot of them came with the perspective of I'm here for four years. I'm here to study. I'm here to get out, get my piece of paper, get out and get into the workforce, um, which, yeah, isn't a wrong way to go about it. Um, but now since uh, in or 2018, I was able to get some work experience, um, a placement at SA Power Networks. Um, it was a requirement of my studies to do five months full time um, in uh, industry placement and SA Power Networks was uh, good enough to let me come along. Uh, my dad happens to work there as well, uh, which probably helped a little bit. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, one of the things that SA Power Networks really value is communication. And they can kind of recognise the important. They've recognised and seen the pattern over the years of the importance of communication in the business. Um, so thankfully, a lot of the people that work for SA Power Networks are quite sociable people. And even if they are, you know, introverts and still love their video games and things like that, they are more than happy to collaborate, cooperate, and um, yeah, have, have been really, really friendly to me, which has been fantastic. Uh, so after that placement ended, I did my honours year and um, they uh, were fortunate, they were good enough to let me do a project with them as well. So I was collaborating uh, with SA Power Networks a lot through my final year of study. Um, and um, again, I kept working uh, part-time throughout that final year of study as well. And uh, now I'm on the graduate program. 
um, which I have been for a year, which has been that one year of full-time work. Um, so you kind of quickly learn that there's some office norms and there's some things, there's some written rules, there's some unwritten rules, and uh, particularly around um, the, the social, what you talk about, what you don't. Um, does anyone know in the office the three things you're not allowed to talk about? It's politics, religion, and money. Um, that's supposedly the three things you're not allowed to talk about because that'll offend people, that treads on people's toes. Um, but I hear a lot, I've heard more about politics and money in this last year than I have in my whole life. Like, it is so openly discussed. But, and that's just because they're unashamed of making money. They're unashamed of their political views and... But the workplace, like the one that I'm in, and I'm sure it's like a global issue as well. It's like we need someone in that space who's unashamed of their faith. Someone who's unashamed to stand up and actually speak about it, not be offended. And um, yeah, so I'm kind of on this journey at the moment of being the new kid still. Like trying to earn respect and like honour my bosses and do diligent work. And obviously there's rules and things that I have to follow. I'm not allowed to wear, like Friday's casual day, I'm not allowed to wear a big cross. I'm not allowed to wear a Christian slogan. And that's just like something I have to adhere to. And that's that's... That's okay, but um, yeah, so I'm still building relationships there um, and kind of navigating a new sphere in life as well. It's like um, pretty much all of my life I've grown up in the church. I've grown up at school, at Christian schools with Christian mates and the only real sphere that's been like consistently non-Christian has been like sporting clubs that I've been a part of and that ended sort of early high school kind of before it got like often that sort of culture can get quite nasty. Um, so this is sort of the first time where I'm spending considerable amount of time as a Christian, as a, as a minority. Um, so, yeah, it's been a lot of learnings. Um, but one thing I'd really, really encourage from the outset is don't underestimate God. Don't put him in a box of what he can and can't do. Don't, yeah, don't pray small prayers and just go, oh, no, nah, he can't work in that area. Um, there's been several examples um, already where he's been able to, like, bless and reveal his glory. And, um, yeah, like, it's, it's just, it's really stood out to me how much he actually cares about me even when I'm working. Like, cares about what I'm doing, what my vocation is. He cares about the people around me. Um, one example from dad is like when he was an apprentice, he started out as an electrician. And um, so he doesn't know much about the circuitry, he doesn't know much about electronics, and he's down in the southeast um, doing some battery maintenance. And there's this, it's like seven o'clock, they're wanting to hit the pub for dinner. And uh, they've done the maintenance, and the only thing is this battery alarm keeps coming up. It, like, it just keeps on coming up. No matter what they do, they'd change the alarm limit, but the, like, the alarm would keep coming up, even though there was nothing wrong with the batteries. And the senior Sparky there, he's going over all of the checks, all of the checks, and nothing's happening. And, you know, Dad's going, I would kind of like to get to dinner. They're looking at the plans. They've been labouring over it for over an hour and made no progress. And so dad goes, he's a pretty new Christian at this point. So he goes, all right, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to pray about it. So just closes his eyes in his head. He prays um, to God and he opens his eyes and instantly his eyes are just drawn. As soon as he opens them, his eyes are drawn to this globe on the, 
on the like on the plan this globe that um is the one that's lighting up when the alarm comes and i hadn't checked that because it's like what's a globe going to do to cause an, a battery alarm to come up and anyway so he just says to the his um supervisor he goes what what about that what what what's that globe doing and sure enough the um person who yeah sorry the um, electrician there he looks into it and goes yeah no actually they've installed the wrong globe there so they change that globe take off the panel change the globe and then the alarm is absolutely fine so it's like dad had no idea what that globe was he had no idea that that could be the issue they were all thinking it's something to do with the batteries but it's like a little globe that's um, wrong and God was the one who revealed that uh, in my honours projects, um, I just run all of these tests, collected heaps of data, and I'd spent days looking at all this data, trying to work out how to find a pattern in it. I needed to write an algorithm so that the alg so that the computer could find a pattern in it. And I just like I was staring at it, and it's like this is the most confusing thing ever. Um, so one night I prayed about it, and within half an hour I had the algorithm that could sort through it all after days of just staring at it. So like I firmly believe that that was God. Um, and yeah, so don't put him in a box of what he can do. Um, a real critical one, I think, uh, yeah, is 1 Peter 3, verse 15 to 16. In your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. Um, so always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. I can't remember whether this was Shane or another preacher, but they um, would, I remember hearing, like, always have a sentence, a one-liner, a sentence, something in 30 seconds or less, something that you can say. If someone asks you, why are you a Christian? Why do you believe in God? That you know, that you know, that you know, like what you would say that you know that god is real that you can give like a true account in a short space of time of why you of the reason of the hope that you believe um so a really key one for that is know your story know what god has done in your life write it down i've got a book of fulfilled prophecies of yeah moves of the spirit that i've seen encounters that i can't deny um that it's like purely is god signs and evidence of his goodness and his faithfulness so be convinced yourself of God's love for you and his redemptive pattern in your life. But then don't stop there. Know God's story. Know the bigger picture. Know his plan for reconciliation with his creation. Know his desire for all creation to know him. He went to great lengths to purchase your workmates and your uni mates and your schoolmates. He's coming back to make all things new and he's drawing creation to himself. One thing that's like stood out to me recently is that he's also coming to judge. Like there's an expiry date to life. And yeah, that's been pressing on my heart recently as well. Um, so that kind of requires a bit of like the conversation to sway towards religion. And in my workplace, again, that's something that people don't want to do because they don't want to tread on people's toes and oh you're a christian okay we won't talk about that we won't make any jokes about that you know um but creating little points of discussion has been pretty helpful so i've got like a 
my brother gave me a little almost plaque decoration thing that I have on my desk. And it's just like a few promises of God that he's Emmanuel. He is always with us. Uh, his love is steadfast. He's like all of these things. And yeah, like a mate, Rocco was walking past and he goes, oh, that's cool. What does that say? And like he read it out and he's like, oh, oh, nice, nice one. And then like realized it was Christian, but kind of walked away. And I was able to follow up with him afterwards and chat a bit about like, yeah, like I'm a Christian, like what's been your experience with church and all of that. Um, So little discussion points, something that like almost can identify and like make people think um, has been a helpful thing for me. And not to shy away from the fact that you go to church, um, not to shy away that you lead at a youth group. What are you doing on you? What are you doing tonight on a Friday? Like, I'm leading a youth group. Like, not to shy away from that. If you go to a small group, like, be open about that. If they ask you what you did last night, like, don't hide from the fact that you did that. Um, it might make them a little bit uncomfortable. Might make them like stop and sit back. But um, yeah. For, for me, that's like been a good avenue to at least talk about these things. Um, and there's an evangelist called Cam Fletcher who has like a great series of tools um, on YouTube. Um, and one of the great like questions that he encourages people to ask when evangelizing, when talking to a non-Christian is just to like put it onto them where it's appropriate and say, what has been your experience of faith, church and God? It's a very open-ended question um, and then following it up with, has that been a positive or a negative experience? And you don't have to try and defend if they've had a negative experience. You don't have to try and back up the church that, you know, hurt them or um, that ignored them or anything like that. If they've been to a Catholic church, you don't, you know, you don't need to say, oh, well, like, you should try mine. Mine's better. Like, you don't have to really, like, go into bat or anything like that, but, like, it's just opening the door for them to be quite honest about where they've been. I've asked that quite a few times and I've genuinely never received a short dead end answer. Like it's always been opened up a discussion. I think that's been a really, really helpful question to ask. Um, And sure, you get a variety of answers. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not. But like you can at least be like sympathetic to their situation and yeah really get a bit of their backstory I guess um a really important one uh for like yeah being a disciple in the workplace is we have Holy Spirit living inside of us like we have like the joy of the Lord as our strength we have peace that surpasses understanding we have hope in all situations we're empowered to forgive and we're secure in our identity as a loved, cherished child of the King. Like, if we have all of that, then we should be looking different. Like, with all of those things as a guarantee, then, yeah, we should be walking out in a different way to all of the other people in our workplace. John 13, 34 to 35 says, A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. It's like, yeah, we are children of love. We are, like, our Father is love. We we have this, like, direct access to this source that makes us so radically different to everyone else in our workplaces. Um, so in my, yeah, like a really 
great honour and a great win that I felt was like in my first rotation. Um, so I'd go to a new job every six months for the first three years um, to give me exposure to different yeah, parts of the business and all of these things. Um, so I was part of a small engineering team uh, where we essentially worked on an investment project uh, for six months. And at the end of the six months, our project was successful and we got $20 million of funding from the board. So highly successful project, awesome. The bosses were so happy. Um, our team of four engineers, which like worked on the project, we were all, like they were all absolutely stoked. Um, but when we were, when I was rotating around and it had just been announced that we'd got the money, it would have been so easy for my boss to say like he contributed really well in you know the technical sphere and all of that. But he didn't actually say that at all. Uh, my boss actually announced that the biggest impact I had on the team, the like on the success of the project and on him personally uh, was my like consistent positivity, my like nature in encouraging them and and making conversation. It's like if that was the biggest impact that I had on the team, then like I take that as a huge win. I was like so, so encouraged to hear that. Um, and yeah, none of this is to make me sound good at all because I'm only, I've only been doing this for a year. So I'm learning a heck of a lot. Um, another thing is to, to be available. And I'll finish on this story here um, of my first boss when I was doing my uh, placement back in 2018. Um, there were a couple of guys, um, a couple of Asian guys who would often just discuss, they would hang out at lunch and they would discuss the Bible and they'd both come from pretty radical transformations uh, from poverty uh, coming over to Australia and um, meeting the Lord and yeah, one of them like quite literally saved him from his deathbed, which was incredible. Um, but they'd sometimes meet in a cafe for lunch and read the word together. And my boss at the time, his name was Emlyn, and he was a super intimidating dude. Like, he was the sort of guy where you couldn't tell whether he was joking or whether he was being serious, and more often than not, he was being serious. Um, but again, he was a super logical-minded person. And um, when his wife became pregnant, something triggered inside of his brain. He's like, this was a couple of years before I'd come along. Um, he goes, like, wow, like I, I didn't create that, like this baby that's growing inside of my wife, like I didn't create that. I, like, I know biologically what happens, but like I've, I'm not the one that's creating this fully functioning baby. Like I don't have that power. Um, and so that like kind of started off a train of thought in his brain. And when he was, yeah, again, while his wife was pregnant, he was driving around trying to think about what's, he should name the baby. And he kept on, his eyes kept on being drawn to Albert. Whenever he'd see Albert Street, his eyes would be drawn to it. Whenever, I don't know, I think he said there was a theatre or something and Albert was in the name and his eyes were always drawn to Albert. And he's like, that's a bit of a coincidence. I don't even really like that name. But my eyes keep on getting drawn to it. Like, something's going on there. And then he like, started to actually really look out for these coincidences that were happening. And he realised that they were happening a lot more than he used to give them credit for. 
So he kind of read into coincidences that happened on earth and really got into like spirituality, got into Mother Earth and life is this energy that flows and makes and creates things and uh, yeah, sort of got into uh, all of these yeah supernatural experiences but didn't really label them as God and Holy Spirit and um, Jesus at work. But um, yeah, so he kind of got into this uh, train of mind. A really interesting side note is when his kids were born, like this was all still happening and he was starting to, he, he hadn't really talked to us about it yet, but he was, um, when they were starting to talk, he like, he would teach them how to pray. He didn't believe in God, but he just felt like he should teach them how to pray because it was a good practice. So I think God was even working um, in him at that stage too. Um, so these two guys who talked together at lunch, uh, Emlyn's kids were a couple years old at this stage, and um, he thought, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be open. I'm going to go and actually ask them if they've seen any supernatural experiences or anything like that because, you know, he'd been reading into it a lot and he knew that Christians had these supernatural experiences and wanted to find out more what actually happens on this earth. Uh, so... He asked them and they shared their experiences. They knew that my dad is a Christian. So uh, Emlyn went and talked to my dad and uh, my dad directed um, him over to me um, one afternoon after we'd run a workshop together. We're packing up and he starts asking me about the story where my knee was healed um, when I was in year 12. So I got to share the details of that story and um, share how and he was still in this train of mind like wow wow that's amazing like I think our brains are you know so underestimating what can happen on this earth and yeah whether you call it God or whatever you said it was like I think this there's so much more to this earth than like than we realize and I was like thinking to myself like yeah that you're dead right but that mother earth that's God and like this like life that's an energy that's his presence that's holy spirit that's um weaving things into um existence here and working miracles um so through this like little community we were able to encourage him um that it was God that formed life and this complex ecosystem that he couldn't really explain as a coincidence and life isn't this energy that causes coincidences to happen but that's holy spirit god's active presence and we're like over time we introduced him to this concept of a savior jesus and he uh he wanted to find factual basis because you know hearing word of mouth isn't enough so he started reading the bible but he didn't really understand that um it was too confusing so uh one of the guys that we work with uh, got him onto a pastor who also used to be an information scientist called chuck missler he does this great series called The Bible in 24 Hours. So it's one-hour videos of him, um, 24 one-hour videos of him unpacking the Bible. And uh, it yeah, goes through like the Bible, Jesus' redemptive plan, um, even like goes into archaeological evidence for each story's fulfilled prophecies, um, coincidences proving that the Bible is written by God. And... Yeah, so this was like the perfect material for him who needed factual basis for like God's existence and why we should believe the Bible and all of these sorts of things. Um, so yeah, he attended church later that year and went along to an Easter service in 2019 and now he's trying to 
like teach his wife to pray, instructing like his kids in the way of the Lord. And now his wife is like really the one that's going, no, like you've lost your mind. And Emlyn's going, no, you've lost your mind. Like, can you see what I have access to here? Um, which has been like incredible to see. Um, and again, I'm still navigating this area. I just shared my testimony. Like, and it started off with someone who like God was already at work in their life, like prompting him to discover something greater. These two guys that make themselves available, like people knew that they were Christians, like they were always going to be there as an open resource. They took a couple of afternoons just to go to a cafe and hang out with him instead of working and they'll work later like they sacrificed themselves to yeah so that Emlyn could know Jesus and yeah so be available don't be afraid of being known as the Christian um, because yeah I firmly believe God's knocking at the heart of people that we don't even realize Um, so don't underestimate what he's doing Um, But yeah, there's been way too many times that I'd like to admit that I've cared more about my own reputation and forming a lasting career than I have about sharing God's love. Um, And yeah, I'm not going to deny that I've definitely shied away from situations. Even last week, there was one where I I definitely could have turned it in like a God-glorifying direction, but I kind of weaseled my way out of it. And so I'm still navigating that space. I'm by no means perfect, but hallelujah that God has worked and I've seen him at work um, and I want to see it more and more. So uh, be praying for me in my workplace um, and yeah, I'd like to now encourage, uh, bring up Beth and Scotty. So let's all pray for them as they come.